presence today. Our lesson is a continuation of our series. This is the twelfth lesson in our series on overcoming life's challenges. And I will say that whenever I began this series, I had no idea that I had twelve lessons that would come out of it. Um, it's almost uh, enough for a whole class period. You know, usually we go for about 13 weeks. And who knows, I may have another one. I don't really know. I've got planned for next week. But, but this is the lesson for today. The challenges of, the, of 21st century morality. When I think of our world, I, I look around us and I see that one of the greatest challenges that we face is upholding our Christian morals in a nation that does not respect them. Just in, in, in noticing some of the things in, in our news lately, we, we, we've seen a coach that has been uh, publicly persecuted in some way for, for praying over his players at a football game. We, we see so many who have lost jobs or small businesses because they are unwilling to, to budge on their morals and society doesn't agree with that. It, we look at our government and we see that, that there is, is certainly a lot in our government uh, that is lacking in morality. As Christians we are taught to live in accord with moral excellence. However, the world seems to be rejecting our moral standard. As Christians, I think we, we can look at, at, at ourselves and we understand that the beginning of morality is the Bible. It's God's Word. And yet there are so many today that reject even God's Word. Not only do they reject this standard for themselves, but they also fail to respect our teaching it and practice, practicing it as if it is a threat to them in some way or another. Uh, again, Christians today are called out and persecuted for praying in public, encouraging others to become Christians, preaching the gospel message, and for speaking against sinful behavior. But we are not the first to face such problems. We can imagine the ridicule and persecution that Noah faced as he preached of the coming flood while building the ark. Paul faced persecution from the Roman government for his openness regarding his own faith and preaching of the Christ. And today we have groups that are dedicated to eradicating Christianity from history and thus from our future. The question comes to us as Christians, will we remain faithful to God? Through thick and thin, whatever we may face, will we remain faithful to God? Our lesson objectives are, are very simple. First of all, to recognize the challenges to our faith in regard to 21st century morality and secondly to overcome these challenges and faithfulness to God we begin with 
overcoming the world's morality? How can we as Christians overcome the world's morality? We live in a world that no longer views God's morals as standard, at least as we do. It seems that in our world we have made what God defines as sin trivial at best. I want you to look at a few passages with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and beginning with verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 beginning with verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Colossians 3 verses 5 and 6, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Some of the things that, that we notice from these lists, some of these sins, fornication, sexual relations with an individual outside of a marriage relationship, idolatry, the worship or putting before God anything that isn't God, basically, adultery, the unfaithfulness of a spouse who has a sexual relationship with another. And Jesus condemns even looking at another with longing eyes. Matthew 5 and verse 28. Homosexuality. In the King James Version it's referred to uh, as those who are effeminate. Men with men. Women with women. Something that God has condemned. Drunkenness, those who are intoxicated with strong drink to the point that they, are no, they no longer have control of themselves. These are just a few of the things that are mentioned here as sinful behavior. And we're told in multiple places that those who participate in such acts and such behaviors continually will not inherit the kingdom of God. These things are condemned in the Bible. And yet when we look around us, how often do we see these things over and over again? 
Many of these things have become commonplace in our world today. All you have to do is turn on the television. Pull up the internet. You can hear it in the songs that are played on the radio. These things are commonplace. These things are, are, are practiced often in our world. And those who practice them see nothing wrong with it. But instead, we as Christians are taught to first of all turn away from such evils. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11 And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of, of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We're told to put on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22-26 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We're to replace those sinful behaviors with good things. Fruit of the Spirit. Things such as love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we replace our bad behaviors with good behaviors, we see that we are pleasing in the sight of God. We are taught in Scripture to put off the works of darkness and to put on the new man instead. Colossians 3 verses 8 through 11 but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. We are taught to walk in the light. 1 John 1 and beginning with verse 5. This is the message we, which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. And in chapter 2 and beginning with verse 1, 
my little children. These things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You see, we look around us in our world, and we see a world that has fallen in its morality. But we are Christian. We as Christians are called to live by a, a higher standard than the one our world has adopted. We are called to a higher standard. The sinful behaviors that are so commonly seen are the workings of Satan. Romans 13, beginning with verse 11. Romans 13 and verse 11. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to, wake, to awake out of sleep. For now our, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 14. Ephesians 5, beginning with verse 8. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Christians are to put on the armor of light. We are to walk as children of light, having no fellowship with these unfruitful works of darkness. We are to expose these unfruitful works for what they really are. When our world wants us to be silent in regard to our standard of morality, it is important that we stand for the truth, preaching it, turning others away from their sin. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross.
When we look at our world, we see a world that is much different than it was 10, 20, 50, 60 years ago. Much, much different. And so much has changed even in recent years. And none of what I've told you so far is a mystery. None of these things are a mystery to you. You know these things to be true. You know the standard that God wants us to live by. And you recognize that the world is not living by that standard. So what I've told you so far is nothing new to you. But what can you do? When we look at this world and, and we realize the morality that we are, are currently in, the standard by which the world lives, what can we do in response? First of all, live faithfully. Don't give up. Don't turn away from God. Live faithfully. In Mark 12, verses 28 through 34, Mark 12, beginning with verse 28, we read this. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the burnt offering, the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. In recognizing and understanding the importance of the law and understanding the importance of love, Jesus said, You are not far from the kingdom of God. In Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22, Matthew 19, and beginning with verse 16, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep 
the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not, not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. This man was doing the will of God. His problem was his riches. He didn't want to leave his riches behind. In addition to understanding, we must continue in doing the will of God. In doing the will of God. It's good that we understand the importance of the law. In understanding the importance of the law and especially that of love and how love covers all, understanding is a good thing for us to possess as Christians. But it's beyond understanding. It's also in doing the will of God. Live faithfully. Do the will of God. We also need to encourage those in sin to repent. I want to return for a moment to 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. This is one of my favorite verses. It's something that we might overlook in regard to the list of sins and and how those who are participating in them will not inherit the kingdom of God. But notice what Paul says in verse 11. And such were some of you. There's one word there that makes a big difference. Were. He didn't say, and such are some of you. He wasn't talking necessarily to those that were participating in these things at the moment. But those who had lived in them and those who had turned away from them. And such were some of you. These things describe you. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality, drunkenness. They describe who you were, not who you are. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. They had turned away from these things. They had been washed, they had been sanctified, they had been justified, they had been cleansed from their sin. They had turned away from them. 
And they no longer lived in those sins that they had once lived in. Simon the sorcerer. In Acts chapter 8 verses 18 through 23. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And though we are not told of his full repentance, we are not told of his heart, we're not told of, of what happened afterward. We do see that he asked for prayer on his behalf. And that was the right thing to do. We don't know how he continued to live from that, that point on. But it was possible. Repentance was possible. And that is exactly what Peter told him to do. He told him to repent of his wickedness. And that's what we are told to do today. If you continue in sinful behavior, repent. Turn away from that evil. Turn away from that, that wickedness. Turn to God. Maybe that it is that maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you've become a Christian, but maybe you're not faithful. And maybe you need to repent of your sin. Maybe you need to become a Christian. And even so, repentance is also involved. But you can repent. It is possible to be forgiven, but only through true repentance. And do not fear. Do not fear. We're told to continue in godly morals. Hebrews 13 and beginning with verse 1. Hebrews 13 and verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by, doing, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And we know that God's love for us continues. 
Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Romans 8 and verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will overtake us that God's love for us cannot overcome. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God is unwilling that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. These things we are told of God's love for us. He was willing that His Son come to die on a cross for our sin. We are here today because God is giving us opportunity to repent if that is necessary in our lives. He doesn't want us to perish in our wickedness. But He wants us to turn to Him. And in so doing, we have nothing to fear because God's love is with us always. We know that He is with us always. And no matter what man can do to this body, he cannot affect the soul that is set on serving God. Are you a child of God? We've looked at the morality of the world and we understand that the morality of the world is much different than that of Christians. There are many things that the world participates in that we are not allowed to participate in. That God does not want us to participate in. Maybe it is that, that in some way that, that in becoming a Christian maybe you've turned back to those things. Maybe your, your love for the world has overcome your love for God and maybe you need to, to make things right with Him. If you're living in sin, if you need to come in obedience, if you need to obey the gospel, I'd be glad to help you in that need. 
whatever your need may be today, we would hope and pray that you would come. As together we stand and as we sing.